Today is broadcaster for the AAA Iowa Cubs, Alex Cohen. Welcome to Talk is Baseball. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. I appreciate it so much. You have no idea how, you know, how happy I am to have you on the show. Um, I've heard a lot about you. You know, uh, it's my pleasure to have you on the show. Well, no, I appreciate the time. Uh, I'm looking forward to talking baseball with you. So, you grew up in Philadelphia. Um, how was it? How was college going to Indiana University, especially with all those Cubs fans? Yeah, it, it was um, it was an interesting experience. You know, I uh, I grew up in Philadelphia, but I actually knew a couple people who I grew up with who went to Indiana University and they spoke so highly of it. And um, then I went and uh, I joined a fraternity out there. And it just so happened that, you know, basically every single one of my friends in my fraternity was a Cubs fan. So I got to uh, be introduced to the fan base pretty quickly. You know, the first Cubs game that I went to was visiting my friends in college in Chicago um, when I was uh, just after my freshman year. We were going to go to uh, one game in the bleachers, and instead we were – there the entire weekend and went to three games in the bleachers. So uh, you just kind of understood how rabid the fan base was, how passionate they were, how knowledgeable they were. Um, and it was a really nice introduction to that. And, you know, growing up in Philadelphia, I'm sure you had a lot of great players. Were any of those players like, I mean, which, what, what, what were some of those players that you used to marry when you were in Philadelphia? Yeah, I, I, I think growing up, um, yeah, my first real memory of, like, Philadelphia sports was the 1993 World Series. I was five. So, you know, Darren Dalton, John Crook, you know, Lenny Dykstra, Kurt Schilling, Danny Jackson, Terry Mulholland were, like, some of those first guys. And then, you know, really from the time that they lost the World Series in 1993 to the time that they won the World Series in 2008, they struggled. But still I had a, you know, a bunch of, of players that I looked up to. Scott Rowland was a big one. Jim Tomey was a big one. And then once they started getting good again, uh, Ryan Howard, Chase Utley, Jimmy Rollins, Cole Hamels. Um, so I had a lot of uh, fun players to watch throughout my childhood. But I think if I had to pick a favorite player, it would probably be Chase Utley just because of how dominant he was at second base and how hard he played the game. That's probably my favorite player. And the reason I mentioned Philadelphia so much is because was it Philadelphia that from one of them, one of the players that you got your first baseball when you were younger? Yeah. So I was, uh, I was very young. Uh, I was five years old. We were at veteran stadium and Mickey Morandini, former Cub and also went to Indiana university. So it's kind of rare how, how that all came together, but Mickey Moore and Dini hit a foul ball into our section and it hit off the concourse level, bounced over my seat and landed like three rows behind us. So I was young and obviously upset that I didn't catch the, the foul ball. And about an inning and a half later, I was walking up the steps to go to the bathroom with my mom. And the guy who caught the foul ball taps my mom on the shoulder. He goes, hey, you know, what's his name? She goes, Alex. And he goes, how old is he? So I go, oh, four or five. He's like, oh, well, four is my favorite number. Here you go and gave me the foul ball, and I still have that foul ball. So that's my uh, first real memory of baseball, and that's where my fandom began. I think that's an amazing story, and as you mentioned, it's crazy how everything came all together. You going to um, Indiana University, is that where you first started, like, internship with teams and stuff? Yeah, I, when I was in high school, uh, I started broadcasting games. Uh, my friends and I started the sports broadcasting club at our high school, and yeah, I really broadcasted everything from football to basketball, field hockey, lacrosse, softball. Uh, really, the only sport that I didn't broadcast in high school was baseball because I played. 
but then I went to Indiana University. I recognized they had a really good student radio program, WIUX, um, and I just called games there for four years. And that's when, like, my knowledge of the game and games and sports and calling games, that's where it grew. So I, I think going to IU and being a journalism student um, and then being able to do WIUX for four years, that's when I recognized that not only did I like doing this, did I like calling games, did I like sports, but that's where I wanted to make it a career. And you, from college, you went on to do an uh, internship, was it with the Brewers? Yes. Yeah, I was with the, the Huntsville Stars, the AAA, the AA affiliate for the Milwaukee Brewers. So my uh, my baseball career isn't necessarily linear. So when I was in college, I interned for the Lehigh Valley Iron Picks, which is the AAA affiliate of the Philadelphia Phillies. I did that for two years. Uh, then my summer that I graduated college, I worked for the Gateway Grizzlies, which was an independent league team uh, just outside of St. Louis. Then two years with the Huntsville Stars, which, you know, the AA affiliate for the Brewers. So I was their broadcaster. Uh, then I worked for the Oakland Athletics in their media department, did not broadcast. And then I realized that I wanted to get back into broadcasting and, and started from the ground up. I went to Australia and called games for a winner in the Australian Baseball League. Uh, then went to Idaho Falls, Idaho, worked for the Idaho Falls Chuckers, the low A affiliate, rookie league affiliate of the Kansas City Royals. Uh, then I went to Bowling Green, Kentucky with the Bowling Green Hot Rods. I was their broadcaster for the single A affiliate for the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, and then coming to Iowa, the AAA affiliate for the Chicago Cubs, I've been their broadcaster for five years. So a nonlinear path, but but one that's taken me uh, a lot of different places, a lot of different levels, a lot of different time zones. Definitely awesome that you don't know that. And I don't think people realize how much like goes into being a broadcaster, but are you still broadcasting all 140 games? Yeah, I'm uh, broadcasting all 150 games. So we have 150 games this year. And, uh, yeah, doing all the games at home and on the road. And, uh, yeah, fortunately for 18 of those games are on Marquee Sports Network. So I get to work with either Elise Medeker or Ryan Sweeney. So I have a great partner for those 18 games. But for the other 132 games, I'm doing for the most part solo. So it's uh, it's very intensive. It's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun. And you mentioned Marquee Sports Network. Is that also the flagship station for the Iowa Cubs where people can watch you? Yes, uh, it's really the flagship station on television for the Chicago Cubs. Uh, they broadcast the majority of their 162 games. But for those 18 games uh, for the Iowa Cubs, you can watch those on Marquee Sports Network. You can stream it on MarqueeSportsNetwork.com. Uh, and then also for the rest of the 132 games, we are solely on radio where you can listen to us at AM 940, uh, which is a local station. You can also stream it on MILBTV.com. So, you can get all 150 Iowa Cubs games, 18 of them on television, 132 either on MILB TV or on radio. That's amazing. And uh, I, I recently interviewed uh, Brennan Davis. I'm nice. sure you're aware of him. He's, uh, he's in the Iowa Cubs, right? Yeah, so, uh, so Brennan uh, started the season with the Iowa Cubs. Um, he's currently on the injured list recovering from back surgery, but uh, for all intents and purposes that – that rehab is going well, and he's progressing nicely, and uh, hopefully we'll see Brennan uh, not only with the Iowa Cubs but in a baseball uniform uh, by the end of the season. So I, I think he's progressing quite nicely. And uh, Iowa Cubs right now have a – you know, right now they're not – in the standings they're pretty back, back, pretty back, but they have a really good team. Are there any guys right now that you feel could be a potential future All-Star in the majors? Yeah, I, I, there's a couple guys in the back end of the bullpen that I really like. Um, Eric Ullman, one of them, a uh, guy was a former starter, drafted fourth-round draft pick a handful of years ago by the Cubs. 
this is his first full year transitioning into the bullpen role and you know mid-90s fastball throws four pitches for strikes imposing figure on the mound I mean he's somebody that is a student of the game he's intense he can pitch in high leverage situations um, I think Eric's going to be a longtime big leaguer uh, and then Caleb Killian who we saw up in Chicago for three starts and you know had um, inconsistent results but yeah, I think Caleb projects as a middle of the rotation, front end of the rotation arm for the next 10 years, fastball 96 to 98, averaging a strikeout per inning for nine innings. Um, and a guy who has good secondary pitches. The cutter's been good. The curveball's been inconsistent, but has shown glimpses of being great. And he also throws a changeup. So when you're a 6'4 righty and you throw 98 miles per hour and you throw four pitches, odds are you're going to project as a big league pitcher and do well. And I think Caleb Killian will do just that. I agree. and. With the, the Iowa Cubs this year, they're 37-46. Um, what is something that you feel that, you know, the team could work on a little bit, maybe turn the season around? Yeah, I, I, I'll look at it from both ends. Uh, first of all, offensively, uh, this is a team that's hitting 257 as a team that's pretty good, but they're also bottom four in the International League and walks strong. Um, so this is a team that I think could be a little bit more patient, especially later in games, extending at-bats, extending games. Uh, the walk rate has dropped off a lot since April and May. So I think just being a little bit more patient. Um, and, and then on the other side, pitching-wise, they've walked a bunch of hitters recently. Um, you know, this is a team that was eight games under 500 at one point. Excuse me, uh, four games over 500 at one point. Now it's nine games under 500. And I think you can correlate those losses to, you know, adding free passes on the base pass for the other team. Uh, walks, hit by pitches, wild pitches. Um, I, I think that is unfortunately matriculated down into you make a mistake, it's that much more palpable and that much more dangerous. So I think taking more walks offensively and I think giving up less walks on the pitching side. I agree. And do you see the Cubs winning another championship maybe in the next five years? Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is a team that, you know, they've won one World Series in the last 100-plus years, so it's tough to say, hey, can they win a World Series in five years? But this is by far the best the farm system has looked since the, the KB, Rizzo, Bryant, Schwarber days. I mean, they are so talented, especially at the lower levels. You know, Kevin Alcantara and Lowe, Owen Casey and Hyde, Jordan Wicks, DJ Hurts, Daniel Palencia and Hyde, Alexander Canario and Double A. Uh, here with the I-Cubs, Caleb Killian. I mean, those eight guys right there, along with Brennan Davis getting healthy, Reggie Preciado getting healthy, those top ten guys in your organization are all future talent-changing organizational guys. So um, I think that if half of them pan out, you could be talking about another World Series in five years. Uh, but there's a, there's a lot to be decided in that time. What advice do you have to anybody that wants to be a broadcaster? Yeah, I, I think doing what you're doing right now. Um, I, I think just talking to as many people as possible, getting as many perspectives as possible, um, and, and just getting out in front of a microphone, whether you are you know, calling a baseball game, just emailing teams and seeing if they have any extra space in their press box or in their radio booth where you can record a demo. Um, I think for podcasters, just talking to as many people as possible and recording those conversations and seeing what gets better from conversation one to conversation two to conversation 200. Um, I think just getting those reps and talking to people and communicating and networking and getting in front of a microphone, that would be my best piece of advice. Thank you. I appreciate you, I appreciate you so much. No, thanks for the time. I appreciate you talking to me. And, uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Best of luck in the future.